man, it is, uh, it's definitely good to, good to be here, good to be preaching this morning. Uh, my, my family is going to be experiencing this coming week a lot differently than we had planned, differently than we were hoping, we were anticipating. We all wanted, including Patty, uh, we were all wanting her to come back from Sparrow and, and for this to be this like really amazing season of being healed and healthy and have like really thankful hearts uh, moving into this Thanksgiving season and we're, we're just flat out gonna experience Thanksgiving this year just a lot differently than what we had thought and prayed and hoped. Um, but... But for my family, for our church, for our community, no matter where we're at, no matter what has been going on or not going on in our lives, I I really believe that each of us can have lives that are overflowing with gratitude, not overflowing with bitterness, not overflowing with despair, not overflowing with hopelessness, and not also this like weird, devoid of reality, religiosity that uh, is, is kind of like a fake it till you make it or any of those things, but just with a sober awareness of pain, of grief, of dreams that are dashed, Hopes that are unrealizable. Thanks. Thanksgiving. And I don't think we could get there, if we can get there, just by like our brains trying to convince our hearts to feel something we're not really feeling. Um, and you might even ask, I don't think that's possible. I don't think it's possible to actually have your heart overflowing with Thanksgiving based on dot, dot, dot. Um, this morning, though, I, I, my prayer has been that the Lord would lead us into three realities. Three realities that are powerful enough, that are real enough, genuine enough to transform the hardest situation the most tired soul, the most disappointed, on the, the most blinded by success to form real gratitude in us. The first reality, Jesus reigns. Jesus is not just this little baby in a manger and that's it. Jesus is right now, he is the highest on earth and the highest in heaven real time. He is in control, reigning over both places. Acts 17, we're just gonna look at a couple verses in each of these areas. Keep it simple because these simple realities are so eminently powerful. Acts 17, verse 24. The God who made the world, 
and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. He is Lord of heaven and earth, and at every moment, this is true. Um, One story that I'd like to share from the last six weeks uh, took place the morning that we were going to take Patty off of life support. Uh, Many of us had spent a week begging God that he would wake her up. We, there were prayer gatherings that happened up here as we were in Arkansas. Um, I had cried more that week than probably the last 40 years combined. As I walked into the hospital room, and there's a lot of stories that I could share just as, as the Lord does. He does a thousand things when one thing is happening. And, um, but... As I, on, on that morning, as I walked into the hospital room, I had no clue what the day was going to bring. I had no clue what the following days were going to be like. And wa- turning the corner into that room, there was something written on the wall, where kind of that nurse area where they always like write kind of up-to-date stuff. There was a Bible verse written on the wall in, in the hospital room that changed that moment and changed me. And a little backstory to uh, bring you into why that was so impactful for me is uh, Patty and I, when the kids were first born, we were praying about, like, Lord, would you show us ways that we could just disciple our kids and direct them to you and, and all of those things. And so I can't remember how it happened, but we came up with this idea called doing our blessings, doing our blessings. And what it was, was I had picked a couple verses out of uh, Proverbs 31 for Patty, and I would read, like I would just speak it over. It's kind of like a benediction, is that in the evening, we did our blessings every night where I would say Patty's verse, or, and we all memorize as a family, and then Patty had picked my verse and each of the kids' verses. So, so for probably seven or eight years almost every single night we would do our blessings and we'd just say, hey, it's time to do our blessings and stuff. And we ended up kind of doing other things during the year, but uh, no joke, like these verses, we spoke over each other and, and Patty and the kids like spoke my blessing over me probably a couple thousand times. So definitely of, of any verses in scripture, um, those two verses had like a, or that verse had a, a, a meaning for me that was, uh, that had a, a depth to it. And so as I walked into that room, on the wall was my blessing written there. And I just remember like crying saying, who wrote that? Where did that come from? I, I needed to know where that came from. And Bailey, the, the nurse at the time, uh, Stephanie and Bailey were just two incredible nurses that week. Um, Bailey uh, basically was just like, I've, I, th- I think she said, I've never done this before. But I just overwhelmingly felt like I had to write that on the wall this morning. And uh, I shared this whole story 
And um, the verse that was on the wall was Joshua 1.9, which is my blessing. Um, it's, uh, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And in, in the moment that I saw that verse, and the nurse had even underlined the word wherever, Having no clue, this meant anything to me. She knew I was a believer, but she, she knew nothing else. In that moment, I knew and I felt that Jesus reigns. He is all over this moment. It's within his control. He is reigning over this moment. I felt that he was reigning not just on earth, but in heaven as well. In God's kindness, I felt so clearly, not only was Jesus reigning, but I really felt that he even was allowing Patty to speak. My wife in that room, who had been in a coma, was able to speak that blessing over me one last time. Don't be frightened, don't be dismayed. Wherever God is with you wherever, including a place I never thought that I would walk into. I felt God was communicating and Patty was joining me to remind me to live it out. Like, this doesn't stop here. Keep living out the reason that we're coming around each other as a family and as a family of a church. Like, like. Keep living this out. And then as a family, we've started doing those blessings again almost every night since then as well. Uh, it was a, a small moment, but uh, a powerful moment where it was so clear, Jesus reigns. He, he reigns here, he reigns there, and I'm thankful Jesus reigns. It's true for all of us. And uh, the a bedrock that our life lives on is I'm thankful that Jesus reigns. A second reality that I think is powerful enough, real enough to transform the hardest situation is that Jesus saves. Jesus reigns and Jesus saves. I, I've believed, like I've, I've really believed, I grew up not knowing for sure what all this Jesus stuff was about. I grew up like not being sure if I could trust it or if, or if it was a fairy tale or whatever. But in 1997, I knew that I knew that I knew that I need saving and he is the only savior. And that was one of the things that Patty and I had in common was we were the first people in our family, uh, in our immediate families, to realize the depth of our sin. That none of us are as sinful as we could be we could all sin more than we do. None of us are as sinful as we could be, but we are way more sinful than we should be. The more we learn of God's holiness, the more we see how sinful we are compared to him, our sin justifiably, as we are told, and I think if we're honest with ourselves, experience, is that our sin justifiably separates us from him. But God... Beautiful in Ephesians, beautiful reality, but God moved towards us, moves towards us, pursues us, 
sent his son Jesus. Jesus lived the life we couldn't live. He, he lived it in our place, died the death we wouldn't die, couldn't die in our place, paying the penalty of sin. He conquered death so we will forever be alive in him, believing, believing Jesus as your savior forever saves you. Believing Jesus, putting the weight of your life on him. Believing Jesus as your savior forever saves you. The heart of Jesus is to save all who give themselves to him. And I've truly believed this since 1997. It's changed the course of my life. And over the last six weeks, I believe it more. Over the last six weeks, I believe it more deeply. Over the last six weeks, I believe it. It's like facets of a diamond, and I, I, I genuinely was seeing it, genuinely was seeing the fullness of the diamond, but now I see more. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. In him, you also, it's no exclusive club here. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, it's just, that word just means good news, the good news of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. In Jesus, in his reigning over earth and heaven, we, we hear the word of truth. Our eyes are finally, uh, finally opened, our ears are finally opened. We, we hear the word of truth and maybe you will hear it today, maybe for the first time. We hear the word of truth, the gospel, the good news of our salvation, and when you believe, you are sealed. This isn't like just a, like an I voted sticker that can fall off. This, this isn't some sort of a, like a Bitcoin <laughs> that you can lose or get stolen. The guarantee, the seal that is placed on you is a person, the third person of the Trinity guarantees our inheritance until we possess the kingdom of God to the praise of Jesus's glory as our savior. That word glory in Greek, uh, doxa, is, is kind of a translation of kavod, the word in Hebrew, and the literal translation of the word kavod is weight. Glory is weight, and sometimes it doesn't make sense until you think of Jesus throwing his weight around. In the marketplace of souls, when Jesus throws his weight around, we glory. The, the praise of his glory. We sing his praises as he throws his weight around as it relates to our salvation in the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit's sealing of our salvation. And I don't do this very often, but I wanted to play a song, like just through the speakers, play a song. Um, 
This song is by artist Judah. So there's a group called Judah and the Lion. This is a solo effort by Judah. And I played this song. This was the song I played more than any other song uh, when I was alone with Patty that week. I would hold her, I would stroke her hair, I would hug her, I would smell her hair. And play this song just marveling over how much Jesus loves my wife. He doesn't love her because of what she can do for him. He loves her just because he does. He loves her just because he does. He loves you just because he loves you. Just an FYI, uh, there's a lyric in the song that's probably my favorite lyric. And in the song, he says, you are his favorite. Now, I think it would be weird and feel prideful if he wrote, I am his favorite. But I love that he wrote, you are his favorite. And I would cry the hardest when it was in the middle of the song. But I think it's such a beautiful lyric that Jesus loves each of us so much, it's like we can each say, you are his favorite. Oh, you, he, the way he loves you, and I watch him love you, you are his favorite. So uh, uh, the lyrics will be on the screen, and it might not be your style of music or whatever, but the, um, I would just, let's enter into this song and, and let the, how much he loves us just wash over us. So thankful that Jesus saves. The Third reality, Jesus reigns, Jesus saves. And we'll cover this way more briefly today, but uh, its impact on me has been equally as big and is that Jesus is enough. So, so many times, um, Lamentations 3 was something that, that just kept coming up with our family and uh, verse 24 specifically was used uh, in very specific ways, even the night before, and um, I feel, feel like I need to share all that sometime in the future. Um, but verse 24 is simple and transforming. It says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. And if you know Lamentations chapter three, it's one of the most um, this isn't heaven. My life is in a really hard place. And, and, and in no way is it meant to be like we should all want our life to be in a hard place at all. Um, we rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who weep. Um, Jesus asks us to be a praying people. He instructs us to be a praying people. He gives even parables that says, I'm gonna tell you this story so that you will never stop praying, never grow weary, ne never quit praying. And, and we walk that out. We are even told by him, I am living to intercede for you. <laughs> you be praying people, I will be praying. That will be air that we breathe. And... Uh, we have prayed for years with Patty's health, with her chronic pain, and uh, there are so many things 
in my life and in your life that simply cannot be answered anymore in the way that we sought him to answer. There's a greater reality and what I I believe Lamentations 3 is teaching us and in many other places too is yes, Jesus, we will continue coming to you in prayer for a lifetime. We, there, there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> we're coming to you, and we're seeing you answer prayer. We're seeing you do powerful things. We're, we're continuing to hold you until you say, stop praying, no, I'm gonna answer in some other way. All of those things are real. But the greater reality that should be a bedrock of gratitude and thankfulness that I want to just overflow for me, and I want that for all of us in our community. The greater reality is that Jesus is the answer to our prayers. We come to him, we pray, we pray for things. You know, it's like, what would make you thankful for Jesus to answer? Oh gosh, I've got a list in my back pocket. And realizing Jesus is the answer to our prayers. I believe that is what Lamentation 3, the Lord is our portion. You know, there's, there's not a meal somewhere else that's portioned out for us to fill us with the things we need to be filled with. It is, he is the portion. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The portion that we need in this life the portion we need in the next, it's him. It's not what he can give us, what he does for us, what he's doing in a back office and we're just seeing the product. No, it's him. He is our portion. Therefore, we will hope in him. And I'm thankful that Jesus is enough. I'm thankful that Jesus reigns. It, I know as I wake up tomorrow, it'll be just as true as it is right now. Jesus reigns, Jesus saves, and Jesus is enough. And man, would each of us be transformed by him. I'm walking with him in areas that I've never walked with him before. Having him teach me things that I didn't want him to teach me, but he's, he's meeting us in that. And he reigns, and he saves, and he's enough. And, and um, for our lives, for our thoughts, for our decisions, for our fears. And would he give us thankful hearts? Not because he's wanting to hold it back, but he's, he's saying, come to me. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. And so where do we go from here? I feel like as I was praying about this this morning, like, Lord, where does this, like, as we're landing the plane and what do we walk out with? Um, The first one is, like, I think for some of us is it's a declaration of our lives is, yes, this is true. This is, I, I declare Jesus reigns, Jesus saves, Jesus is enough in every nook and cranny of my past, present, and future. I'm declaring that, like I'm I'm desiring that, I'm believing that to be true. And um, this is is what I need for the Lord to to bring me into as I walk into this week. 
I think for, so, so a declaration, I think for some other people, it's like, this is a, this is a, a, a decision point for me. This is a speed bump of my soul where I need to stop and, and really, uh, th- this is a decision for me. And my pleading would be that it would be a decision where you are believing, not in some truth that you got convinced of or some like, well, for lack of better options, I guess I'm gonna go this direction with my life. Um, that's garbage, and I, I would encourage you not to act on those type of feelings. Um, my just deepest prayer and desire is that the Lord would make it unmistakably clear to you that these things that we're talking about are so true that couldn't be tortured out of you, even if somebody tried that you would believe Jesus today. Let him reign over you. Let him save you. Let him be enough in your life. And you could just talk to him like you'd talk to a friend and let him know that's what's true of you now because of his love for you. And then I think the third action for some people is to embrace this as a prayer is to say, I I want to believe what I'm hearing today. Um, Help my unbelief. That's it. People said that to Jesus and he was okay with it and helped their unbelief. So if your prayer today is I believe, help my unbelief, I want to believe, help my unbelief, that's a beautiful prayer. And that's an honest prayer and um, man, I would encourage no one to play at church today. Our lives are way too um, real for that. <laughs> um, we could easily stay at home and play religious games. Um, let's be genuine before God and with each other and uh, let him transform us. And Lord, I, I just pray that you would do that. Would you transform each of us? I thank you that you do reign would you form that more deeply in us? Would we meet you more fully in that reality? I thank you that you save and would each of us just fully embrace your saving power for us, for our loved ones, for coworkers, for teammates, that you are the one who saves and that is a eternal power that we all desperately need. Lord, we, uh, we come to you. Would you change each of us in this room this morning, we pray in your name. Amen. A bad way to respond, I think, to being exposed to the Lord and and um, coming around these truths is to be like, man, I gotta try a lot harder to embrace this. Or, uh, man, I bet you he's really disappointed with me because of what my life has been like or maybe I made some big statement years ago and, and it just kind of feels like I've been, I've been coasting since then. Whatever garbage can come into our mind in this, in this moment, 
What I love about communion is that this was his idea and it's, it's not a bait and switch in its naming. It is truly communing with him, with Jesus. That's what we do at communion. We commune with him as a family. It's a incredible time where heaven and earth kind of the lines blur and, and we are able to just commune with him. He invites us into this moment because that's what the whole purpose of this is, is not that we would go and try harder or go and hide in a corner and feel shame, but to realize his love for us, his pursuit of us, and to be present with him in that, to be with him in that, to commune with him. And so, uh, so we don't just do that at the table and be like, man, I, I miss hanging out with Jesus because I only am able to commune with him at the table. No, we have the incredible blessing that, that I hope leads to our thankfulness in this season and this week in our lives of like, he invites us to abide with him, to be with him more closely than we're with anybody else. And this is a special time every week as a body that we commune with him together. And, uh, and so if you have not given your life to Jesus in that way, I would encourage you that this doesn't make a lot of sense right now, but what I would say is this is a perfect time to believe in him. Give your life to him. I, we've had multiple times in this room where someone gives their life to Jesus and then comes and takes communion for the first time. And that is, those are the beautiful moments I'll never forget in the life of this church. And if that's you today, please uh, commune with him by giving your life to him and then come to the table. If you, um, but, but this is for those who have given their life to him. Uh, let's not rush to the table. Let's spend a little bit of time if he wants to communicate something to us. But then let's come. Um, Shannon and Larry are gonna serve us. Just hold your hands out. They'll give you the bread uh, then wine or juice, obey your conscience. Uh, come and receive the elements. Let's re uh, stay standing with them, and then I'll lead us to take it as family. So let's commune with them.